Okay. Is that code for shut up and dribble, Josh? <laughs> Basically, yes. <laughs> she's she's more than a baby, Josh. Come on. <laughs> you should have put that on the podcast. Gotta throw out every LeBron cliche we can. Yeah, man. <laughs> Yo, you should make her watch Space Jam. Oh, no. Why would I subject her to that? Do it. It's such a yeah, bad movie. She's a kid. Movie. She'll love it. And then she'll grow she'll up and realize it. what a terrible movie it was 25 years yeah, later. Yeah, just like, just like we realize how bad the Jordan Space Jam is. That's what I was talking about. I haven't seen the other one yet. I know. That's what I'm telling you. You should make her watch the LeBron one. I don't want her to like LeBron. She won't. She'll just Me see too. how corny he is. This is a LeBron-hating family, <laughs> okay? Yo, it's actually so funny when I was watching it. Uh, so I just like turned on while I was working out. But when I was watching, I was like, man, like LeBron, like, his acting is so good. And then I realized that he just acts his way through like every media interview at the same time. He's, he's been <laughs> trained since, what, 14? Yeah, probably. Yeah, he's, he's a loser. <laughs> you dislike him more than I do. Well, that's that's a given. That's tough. Yeah, I don't think I don't think anyone I know other than Keith. Keith is a Keith LeBron hates fan. LeBron. No, Keith likes oh, LeBron. Okay. I don't think anyone else we know actually likes LeBron. Well, Mike likes LeBron depending on the year. If he won the championship, then he loves LeBron. It's <laughs> <laughs> the biggest bandwagoner. <laughs> What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Hoops Corner. I'm your host, Peter Tran. On the line, we got the cuckooing baby daddy, the Iceman himself, Josh Cohen. How you doing? Feeling great. Feeling fine. Everything is good. The baby's here, and uh, she's about to jump on the podcast as well to speak some truths. Well, uh, you know how Bill Simmons always has his daughter on at the end of podcasts now? We'll do the same thing with yours. Excellent. She can do Stats Corner. <laughs> <laughs> probably has better stats than you man probably easily <laughs> the, the banger in the paint our residential medical expert Rajan Walia how you feeling you know what I'm excited to actually uh, have some good discussion with uh, another partner besides Josh someone probably of his family that knows more basketball than he does so uh, you know what it's been a long off season for us man it's been a couple of weeks now right Three four weeks since we've chatted, I think the like the last time we talked was uh, literally the night of free agency when PJ Tucker signed with the Miami Heat while we were recording. You know that was that was legit the last time. I haven't, I barely watched summer league. I don't know. Did you guys watch this? Were you guys watching this Davion Mitchell show? No, I, I saw some player highlights, but I didn't watch any of the games because busy, obviously. But. Uh... <laughs> I mean, outside of that, like a lot of the games are just not worth watching anyway, especially when the stars are only playing twenty minutes in the game. Raj, did you did you catch highlights at least some? No, the season <laughs> itself is uh, what it, people want. I want to save my energy for that. And honestly, there's obviously a few highlights and a few of the rookies that had a few good games against each other, but you just catch those on Instagram. Um, those highlights, but you know what, guys, I missed you. I'm happy to talk hoops. We're Aww. like what a month away from the beginning of the season. Yeah, a month training and a bit. Training camp starts in uh, like less than a month, like mid to late September is training camp. I think the season starts October 19th. 
Like, it's coming up soon, it's a man. Month and a half. Yeah, I think yeah. I heard that the season's what, like forty-seven days away or something like that. So it's not too far. It's coming up soon, man. I, I like it. I like it. Okay, we've had our long off season. We've had our time off. You know, I we spent a couple of weeks away from each other. I think it's time that we sort of look back at the off season acquisitions. I want to look at teams that did well, teams that didn't do well. Uh, you know, I, I want to. I want us to take our shots at these teams, man, and I want us to show some love. So Raj, give me your give me your biggest off season winner. Like who what team just did the most? For me, it's probably the team that was the most active um overall in building their starting five, and it has to be the Miami Heat. Uh I think they obviously adding Kyle Lowry was a huge piece for them. They have someone else who can facilitate the offense. And more importantly, they, they got rid of a few players that were experiment pieces, players that are on the tail end of their career. They re-signed a few key players. Uh, and honestly, I think their team is just built for the culture they're trying to like build there in Miami. And I think there will be another East playoff contender and a team that probably will be one of the favorites to come out of the conference. So they, they got Lowry three years, $85 million. Uh, re-signed Duncan Robinson for what I think is a little too much, but hey, man, like... Get your bag. Uh, five years, $90 million. As I mentioned before, they re- they didn't resign. They signed P.J. Tucker, world champion. P.J. Tucker, two years, $15 million. Resigned Dwayne Dedman, one year, two point four, And uh, Markeith Morris. I kind of like that. Kind of a jerk, just like the rest of the team. One year, two point six, And like probably the biggest wild card. If Victor Oladipo can come back healthy, the guy's on a minimum contract, man. This this team could be really nice, right, Josh? Yeah, but the thing with Oladipo is he's going to be back in, what, January or February? And it's going to take a few months for him to get fully back in the swing of things. And when he came back um, with Miami last year, he played a few games and then he got hurt again, obviously. But I don't know if he's going to be that much of a factor this year. And there's two ways of looking at Miami's offseason. You could say that they either got really old or they got really experienced. And <laughs> That's nice of you. Yeah, I mean, P.J. Tucker, he does his thing, but how many more seasons does he have left in him? I'm not even sure, like, after last postseason, if he has anything left, because he had to guard the best player in the world for, what was it, seven games, and they obviously made a big title run, and I'm not sure how much juice is left in those legs. And I love Kyle Lowry, but he fell off a tiny bit last year, and if they don't manage his minutes properly, like Toronto didn't the last, you know, a couple of years then they could be in some trouble there as well since they gave up some of their depth um, in order to get him. I mean, they have a pretty decent... I don't know. I just, I disagree with the depth. Like They got they got rid of Ariza, Iguodala, uh, Dragic, who again is like an older point guard. It's like they got rid of players that are just as old, just as um, experienced, quote-unquote. Uh, and like the only young, real young piece they got rid of was Precious, and you had to give up something. And Kendrick Nunn. Kendrick Nunn is pretty big for them, right? Like a backup point guard? Uh, I don't, like, who's going to run their backup now? Is it just going to be uh, Butler and Lowry running the point? Well, I was going to get into that. I think the biggest key of their season is Tyler Hero, right? Because he's going to have to step in and play a major role for them. And he's going to be the guy that's going to have to play 30-plus minutes in a lot of these games that, you know, Lowry may not, maybe sitting out. Or, you know, maybe they're just finally going to, you know, 
not play him as much as Toronto did and play him 30 to 32 minutes a game instead of 36. So they're going to have to look at that throughout the year, but he's got to have a big year and be the Tyler hero of the bubble, which may no longer exist because that may have just been a one-time thing. <laughs> Damn, dude, that's harsh. You're not a Tyler hero believer? I, I think being in Miami is probably the worst city that he can be in as a professional basketball <laughs> player, and I think he proved that last season. So I'm not really sure. Sh- I mean, he's playing for a contract at the same time, though. So if he's going to mm-hmm. break out, this would be the year to do it. Yo, heat culture, man. You think Jimmy Butler's going to let him get away with two bad years? Come on, man. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to lock him in the gym instead of him being in the club every night. Exactly. And COVID's not real. He's fine in Miami. No, nothing? Okay. <laughs> uh, so... Optimistically, well, like, what's the ceiling for this uh, for this Miami team, Raj? Like, finals, semifinals. I think the ceiling is the finals if they stay healthy and they get the maximal production out of everyone. Um, but I think a realistic projection is they should be easily making the East semifinals, and they should be one of those teams that pushes for the East finals, like a top four in the East, right? Or a top yeah, two, maybe? Top four. Yeah. Yeah, you would think they'd be top four for sure. And I think that, you know, having Lowry in the fold now, you're going to see Bam Adebayo's game go up another level. Because you saw what mm-hmm. Lowry did with, like, Serge Ibaka. Like, Ibaka was getting a ton of those little pick-and-pop elbow jumpers, and Bam loves those shots. Little floater shots in the lane as well. So he's going to get a lot of points off of Kyle Lowry um, just doing Kyle Lowry things. Mm. So I think Bam taking another step up, especially with his offense, is going to be huge. And uh, you that's know, right, baby. <laughs> she's making she some knows good points. It. Zoe agrees. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you saw Bam in the Milwaukee series reluctant to take those shots against Brook Lopez, and I think that Lowry's going to get him in better positions, so he's not taking like an eighteen footer. He's taking a fourteen wide open shot, fourteen foot wide open shot. So yeah. Um, yeah, I think Bam needs to take another step in his game and become like an elite type center for them to actually make the finals. That's a that's a really good point. I never thought of, you know, what Kyle Lowry did for like a forty year old Serge Ibaka. Uh, I like that. I like that look. I'm gonna take you guys on a big spin right now. What if I told you that it's probably not the biggest winner, but a big winner this summer, the Chicago Bulls. How about that? Brought in Lonzo Ball on a sign and trade, four years, eighty five. Alex Caruso, good defender. And our favorite, our favorite former Raptor, DeMar DeRozan, clearly loved on this pod. Sign and trade, three years, 85. And you know what? They're not going to win a title. They're not going to go far into the playoffs. But this Chicago team is definitely on track to actually make their way into like a seventh or a sixth seed in the East. And compared to last year when they didn't even make the play-in games, I think that's a big win for them, man. Yeah, Peter, I'm just going to have to rip into you. I, I don't know if you're on some <laughs> some next-level Spanish drugs, what, they're, what they got going on in Madrid or Valencia I don't, uh, or uh, Sevilla. But uh, I, I think the Chicago Bulls are actually one of the teams that had one of the worst off-seasons. Um, the reason I say that is they got, I would say, good players on paper or players that could be good pieces individually. But what's their plan? Like, they now have... Three or four players that like to play closer to the rim compared to farther away. 
Um, obviously with Lonzo, Demar, no, no, Zach no, Levine. Don't, don't do that about Lonzo, like, man. Lonzo's a shooter now. Don't give him that. Lonzo can. Yeah, but I'm not gonna. He he, he can shoot. I'm not saying he can't, but I, I still think his best asset is when he's getting to the rim or getting closer to the rim and then creating open shots for other players. And I think DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine um, will kind of get into each other's way. I think it could work, but I, I, I personally think their their team just doesn't have the right balance. And especially um, kind of with their continuity, like I, I think this is going to be just hell. I think the Bulls are going to be the exact same position again this year. Like they will be a 8 to 10 seed. They might get into that play-in game, but oh boy, like I think this is just a train wreck. Like they need to rebuild from scratch. I think that's the main reason why they did this, right? Cuz Zach Levine's contract extension is coming up and you need to start building a team around him if you think that he's a key piece and clearly they do, which is why they made these trades. And from the talent side of things, I definitely get it, but as you mentioned the fit side of things, like you're going to have so many holes especially defensively. They're going to give up a ton of points. And you brought Lonzo in to be a key cog, right? And now he's going to be, what, their fourth option? So he's basically going to be what he has been for the most part in his career so far. And he's not a great half-court player as is. And they have a bunch of players that are not really fast-break type players either, right? Like Zach Levine, yes. But the rest of their guys are pretty slow-plotting players, and we don't really know what Patrick Williams is going to be either. What are you talking about? Lonzo Ball and DeMar DeRozan are not fast, like, are not fast break players? Are you kidding me? Just because uh, Nikola Vucevic and Patrick Williams are slower guys doesn't mean that their backcourt isn't going to go run and gun. Like, that's crazy. What are you talking about? But they're they're going to play no defense, though. I don't Let's care. Let's get that straight. I, I totally agree. I am not going to defend any defense because they have none. Like, Caruso and Ball are the only defenders. Patrick Williams is a second-year player who they're going to rely on to be their anchor. I'm not I'm not saying that's a great idea, but all I'm saying is this team is playoff bound. And if you're looking at a team that has to rely on, you know, getting Zach Levine to the next level, he was an all-star last year. The guy averaged like almost 30 points a game. And you're basically calling him a, a, like a strict slasher? Dude, that guy's jumper is so clean. And then on top of that, he has the like Olympic experience this year. It's he's gonna come in as a different player. He's it's not just gonna be like Zach Levine the chucker that we saw in years past. I, I I completely agree with the sense that Zach Levine should have a another year where he continues to perform at a an, you could say an all star level an elite level. Um, I I think the issue is you want to find pieces that complement him, and this roster construction seems like someone was on two K. And they looked at the available free agents and put together a team that overall on paper looks great. But the actual fit of the team and how well they play with each other, I just think there's a lot of players that need the ball in their hand to be effective. Like Vucevic, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, uh, even Lonzo. Like Lonzo off the ball on offense isn't the best. And you don't have enough ball to go around. You don't have enough players that complement each other. And uh, we'll see. This is like a collage. This is like last minute. Teacher's like, yo, there's a huge project going on. You've been slacking. You knew, you know you need to put something on paper. And everyone does their own little thing. And you just hope to, to God that when you come up to present it, it just meshes. That's the key. You're just hoping. There's no plan. 
I would like this team a lot more if they still had Thaddeus Young, to be honest. Because yeah. he, he brought a lot of their stuff together last year with the dribble handoffs and, you know, Thadjik Johnson, you know, playing. <laughs> he's basically averaging like six assists, you know, for the year last year. And now he's obviously gone in the DeMar DeRozan trade. But um, I like them getting Caruso, though, because at least you're bringing some defense off your bench. And he's probably going to finish a lot of games for them, too, since he is such a good defender. Uh, a lot of people compare him to Matthew Dellavedova, but I think he's a little bit better than him. But uh, maybe slightly, but not by much. <laughs> he's taller though. <laughs> At least you can de- defend more positions, right? He's not as dirty. Congratulations. <laughs> I guess the way that you see the Bulls is the way like a lot of people see the NBA. Like they're going to score a lot of points, obviously, but yeah. you know, defensively, it's just a mess. And you know, they obviously have a pretty good coach with Coach Donovan, but. I think it might take at least a season for them to figure out who's in what role. And I think that Lonzo is going to be the guy that's going to be the odd man out in terms of him getting his. Playoff bound, baby. That's all I'm saying. Playoff bound. Playing right, game Josh. bound. Playing game bound. Oh, can you... All right, here's a question. Here's a question. Bulls or Knicks? I would have to give it to the Knicks. I don't know, man. I don't know. Because they're sort of in the same oh. position if you think about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Are there are there six teams that in the East that are better than the Bulls, like that you can name off the top of your head? For sure. Nets, Sixers, Bucks, Heat, Hawks. Uh Indiana if healthy. I know we're missing a team. Indy? I don't know. I don't know about Indy, man. Who are we missing? You said Bucks, Heat, 76ers. Uh, the Nets for sure. Yeah. Um, Hawks and for sure. Hawks, yeah, for sure. Oh, Boston. Uh, I, I would honestly, Boston. Yeah, uh, yeah. I put Boston ahead of them. Okay. Yeah. My bad. And then those are six for sure. Yeah, yeah. My bad. I forgot about Boston. They. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I don't know about Boston at all. All right. Well, whatever. Fine. I'll take play in game, but it's still a major improvement from eleven or twelve seed, whatever they were last year. Uh, Josh, give me give me another winner. I might be seen as crazy for this, and I had two different teams I was going to choose from, but I'm going to go with Washington. <laughs> I love it. I mean, everyone knows Yo, I'm not so the biggest Westbrook fan, obviously, <laughs> but everyone saw them as just being stuck, right, the last couple of years. Yeah. They had the John Wall contract, which they turned into the Russell Westbrook contract, who has two more years left at how many million like 90 million two years 90 million left in his contract i don't know man. something insane like that yeah it's big and they basically yeah. traded him for some decent players but at least now they have the option to do what they need to do the next couple of years and have some flexibility and choose what their path is going to be going forward obviously they have the deal contract extension potential contract extension coming up soon and uh you know if they're not able to obtain him they're probably going to trade him at that trade him at that point right and then you have a bunch of players you got back from westbrook who are tradable like all these guys are guys that contending teams are going to want the deadline so you traded westbrook who was almost untradable and nobody's really untradable nowadays obviously but he's pretty close like only two or three guys can be traded for him straight up and yeah. you got a pretty decent haul for him and a bunch of guys you can take a look at to see if you want them to be part of the future with, uh, you know, Kuzma. And uh, obviously they tra- they signed Dinwiddie as well and they got Aaron Holiday at the draft. So he hasn't shown as much as a lot of people thought he would be, but I sort of like what they did this offseason. That's what a KCP? 
Yeah, another guy that you can probably get a late first round pick for at the deadline. Yeah. I'm not I'm not mad at that, Josh. That's a good call, actually. Uh we often overlook the wizards because they're the wizards. Yeah, it's a sadistic win. Like uh <laughs> it it's uh addition by subtraction. Hey, it's better than them trading a first round pick every year for Markeith Morris and Marching Gortat. They're actually going the opposite way now and doing it smart. <laughs> That's true. That's true. They also re-signed Rahul Neto, who we all love. Uh, they got Mantra's Herald in that Westbrook trade, which I'm not, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of. And I don't know this roster; it's kind of interesting, but they're gonna have a lot of guys at that four, uh, like four position, right? Kuzma, Harold, Bedrins is still there. Uh, they got someone else. Rui. That was it. Who? Rui. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Your boy Rui. They drafted Corey Kispert, like. It's gonna be a mismatch of guys there in that like three, four, five, four, five position. I don't know. It'll be interesting. And Thomas Bryant hopefully can come back this year healthy. He comes back, man. Not bad. Not bad. Not mad at it. Good call, Josh. I guess that's one of the few that we won't argue about. All right, Raj. Give me, give me a loser. Who, who stunk it up this off season? All right, well, this team didn't have to make many changes because they're obviously heading in the right direction. Uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> <laughs> okay, make your point. For, make your case. Uh, I, I was completely joking. Um, they did nothing this offseason. This team has perennially underperformed. Um, a team that really... They're probably just waiting to make a move in terms of do they blow this up and restart or do they run this team because injuries coaching um, just hasn't been in their favor in the last year or two. And like this year, they only, they added Torian Prince and lost Ricky Rubio. That is their positive net might like plus minus this year. Um, And for a team that has arguably one of the best young centers in Cat, who has uh, who gave up a, a good amount to get uh, D'Angelo Russell and to pair him up, and who drafted a rookie in Jarrett Culver, and then just to really kind of give up on him after a year and a bit of really unstable coaching, it it just doesn't look very good. And th- this this roster, like uh, like I don't know what they're going for. I don't know what the long term plan is, but I I can foresee them actually getting rid of Cat and getting a bunch of pieces and just really restarting again. Ooh. Yeah, I would not be shocked at that either. I mean, it's probably maybe two years away if they continue to struggle this year. I mean, the biggest thing for them this year is internal growth. Because, you know, you have a bunch of guys who are like, they have some pretty good players in their team. It's just they don't have enough veteran leadership and enough guys that you can count on, especially late in games, um, to play good defense and just make the right plays and just know where to be. I mean, they added Patrick Beverly, so he can help in that regard a little bit if he actually plays games because he's been pretty injury-prone the last couple of years. <laughs> um, but I do like some of the talent on the team. I mean, they've been rumored to be probably the number one destination for Ben Simmons if they get a third team in there and they can trade a few of their guys and hopefully the third team can trade some you know, draft assets in order for them to get Simmons because they don't uh, have the necessary players to make it happen with Russell and Beasley. I don't think that's enough. And draft capital. So, I mean, if they get Ben Simmons, it's a whole different story, I guess. They might be like a 
potential playing game team. But as of right now, unless J.D. Daniels no. takes a big step up and Russell actually plays in every game and plays like he did in Brooklyn that one year, then they don't have much of a chance. Hell no, man. They're better off bringing Pablo Prigioni uh, like out of his suit and like getting him in that national uniform. Hell no. Then Ben Simmons Pablo or Prigioni Patrick Beverly? Uh, for Patrick Beverly. Oh. Or for D'Angelo Russell. I mean, not Ben Simmons. I like Ben Simmons. But Pablo Prigioni is an assistant coach. You know, I had to just shout him out there. I'd still rather rather him running my point than Patrick Beverly or D'Angelo Russell, even at like 50 years old or however old he is. He is the best thief of the inbound play in the history of the NBA. So <laughs> not a lot of guys say they're the best at something in the NBA, but he is definitely the best at that. Yeah. Uh, good call, Raj. I, I, Minnesota is definitely, like it used to be Milwaukee for me until they got Giannis, obviously. But it's just that team that you always forget about. You know, like what, like who the hell thinks of Minnesota for anything? They have Cat, who's how how long has Cat been in the league for? Four or five years now? Six years? Five. This is his fifth or sixth year. Five. Okay, well, for uh, a guy who's supposed to be one of the best players or best like players at his position, one of the best big men in the league. You know, obviously, it's a shame what happened to him and his family over the past year during COVID and all that. But like, even negating the last year, the years prior to that. Cat's been pretty disappointing. As soon as KG left, man, that guy, like... Josh, I know what you're thinking. Like, come on. For for a guy who, like, shits on players for not being able to play any defense, you just love Cat for no reason. It makes no sense to me. It's not his fault he's yeah. in a terrible situation. And he's improved a lot he... offensively in the last few years. He's become maybe the... Not, not the best big man shooter of all time, but he's in the top three of all time. It, it is his fault that he doesn't play any defense, though, isn't it? Yeah, and he, he mentally checks out of games, and he hasn't been the most consistent player. Um, but looking at this roster, there's only three players that are actually starters. Like, there's Cat. I think Anthony Edwards had a great rookie year. And I would say Malik Beasley could start. There's no one else on this roster that I'd be like, they deserve to start on most <laughs> NBA teams. I'm, I'm being honest. You just completely overlooked D'Angelo Russell. I find that so funny. <laughs> no, because because the like well, let's not like forget this guy's always injured, like yeah. always injured. So like I can't count on him. Like sure, like when healthy, he's a capable NBA starter. But when is he healthy? Yeah, I would tend to agree with that, too. And plus, there's so many good point guards in the NBA now. You can get 75-80% of what Russell provides for a lot cheaper, honestly. Even you look yeah. at a guy like Rubio, if they just kept him and somehow got rid of Russell, they might be a better team, honestly. Yeah, but then Cat okay. wouldn't have his, like, COD teammates, you know? How can you play COD with somebody who's on a different team in a different time zone? This way, as soon as they're done the game, they can go straight home and play games online. What about halftime, man? That's the key. You're insane. You know, for mobile COD in the, in the locker room yeah. at half. Imagine. I mean, these guys check their Twitter at halftime, so why not COD? But, like, just, just to really hammer in my point, I think Colin Sexton on this team could give you better win totals than D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, I mean, Sexton plays in every game, so I guess that's something, but. They're sort of similar type players yep. that they just look for their own on pick and rolls and such. And Russell was a good passer yeah. that one year in Brooklyn, but you know he's just not he's not reliable as you mentioned. 
But, um, you know, if you look at it at a different perspective, like Edwards and Cat is a pretty good core. It's just a matter of like surrounding them with guys with actually work and play defense and hit threes. And they signed a guy like Juancho Hernan Gomez, who they, you know, recently traded, but he gave them nothing. And, you know, you got Patrick Beverly back for him, but again, how much is he going to provide to them? I don't know. This, this roster is just a mess, like you mentioned. And I think in a couple of years, I think you're going to see Cat be the next guy up in the trading block after Lillard and Beal eventually get traded. Oh, all right. Well, good call with Minnesota. Josh, what kind of losers do you have? Do you want to do this or do you want me to take over here? I mean, we probably did the same one. It has to be New Orleans. I'm surprised Rock didn't bring them up. <laughs> Honestly, they're by far the biggest loser Woo! of the offseason. They they went all in and tried to get Kyle Lowry. They traded down in the draft as well. And uh, they ended up with Devontae Graham, who they got on like a pretty good contract, but they also gave up a, a fake first-round pick for him, which turns into two seconds. So that wasn't a huge deal as much as like the media was making it out to be. Um, but just the fact that you're in a year where you're trying to show Zion you're trying to win and if you look back at the whole Anthony Davis situation in the same type of scenario, um, they ended up getting like Tyreek Evans and Eric Gordon. And at least they got those guys during the Anthony Davis era. It wasn't a good move, obviously, since they tied up their cap with a you know, couple of guys who were like mid-level players. But um, I, I just don't like what they did this offseason. Like going all in and getting what you got and firing another coach like eventually you have to look at david griffin as the next on the chopping block here Ooh. and he's only been there for a year like two years two years yeah not great uh, man josh you're really you're really amped up over these pelicans they can't th- can't stop thumping on the table and everything it's it's hard it's so to angry. look at a player like a generational player like zion not getting the necessary help around i've never been a fan of ingram either so <laughs> Honestly, if I was them at the start of the offseason, oh, I'm looking at trading Ingram and a bunch of picks for Lillard. Why would you not try to do that? Or try to do it now? Um, because you have Devontae Graham and Tomas Sadoransky running your point? Yeah, two, two backups. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, at this point, I would just go oh, super weird if I'm Willie Green, if I'm the head coach in New Orleans. Make Zion the point guard. And then just surround him with a bunch that, of wing guys and just go super see, huge. That's that's not even weird because that's what Stan Van Gundy was doing last year. No, but he was still that's playing small I, guys though. Like I would just put out like Sadoransky at the shooting guard and Ingram at the three. And who's their four? Put the rookie out there. Put uh, Trey Murphy out there with uh, Jonas. <laughs> but that's what they tried to do last year. With Lon- Lonzo is huge for a point guard. And then uh, they shipped out JJ Redick. So I don't even, like Josh Hart was there too. Oh, Eric Bledsoe, sorry. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Hart. Hart's a good pickup. Do they still have Josh Hart? Yeah, they, they signed re- him they to re-signed? a pretty pretty weird contract, to be honest. It was like a mutually, um, uh, like, they, they signed him for one year, I think. It's basically a one-year contract. It was three years, but he has an opt-out after the first year, which you never see in the NBA. Maybe they're expecting him to leave with Zion next summer. Yeah, it might be. Maybe trade him for Cat. They can be in the exact same scenario in different cities. <laughs> I, I'm going to uh, jump in and I'm going to say New Orleans didn't have the worst offseason. I don't think they had a great one, but you know what? They got rid of Eric Bledsoe. That's a win. Like that is a, that's a win for your roster. Um, and Steven Adams, obviously he's a, he's a good big, but I think honestly Jonas just gives them a bit better production. So that's an upgrade. Uh, and honestly, if you gave me a choice uh, between Lonzo Ball or, or Devontae Graham plus Thomas Sadoransky, I would take, Thomas Sadoransky into Graham. So 
What? Um, yeah, because you need scorers outside of uh, like Lonzo and whatnot, and you need players to add depth to your team. And like, uh, I think overall the combination of losing those two guards and gaining those two other guards, I think overall it's a win for the, the Pelicans. <sighs> like, if you told me Bledsoe and Ball versus Sadoransky and Graham for the Pelicans, I would take Sadoransky and Graham. Even though Bledsoe and Ball are better defensive guards. They're better offensive guards, too. Thomas Sadoransky had, no. had one decent half year two years ago. How is this even a conversation? What the? Devontae Graham's like five foot eleven. What the hell is happening here? Can we get back to the main point though? Like the fact that we're arguing this just shows how bad their offseason was. Oh my god! Because they should have gone in neither direction, right? They basically upgrade. They didn't. They maybe upgraded. Like if you're like you're saying, like maybe upgraded in terms of contracts. Like sure, these guys are more tradable on court product. Whatever. Maybe they fit better. But ultimately, like you're you're trading a bunch of like second tier guards or third tier guards for each other no when you no, had they traded get... a sec they got they got rid of a second tier guard for a third tier guard okay lonzo ball is not on the same level as Devonte graham no for or sure but thomas Sadoransky. the point is like this offseason they need to make a big splash and get like another not a brandon ingram level player but somewhere in that region like a kyle lowry like we were mm-hmm. talking about before right and yep. they just didn't do it. And then they ended up with a bunch of scrap players, essentially. <laughs> you know, they got Garrett Temple. That's kind of nice. He might be the best veteran leader in their locker room now, which is fine, I guess. But even like the Jonas pickup, like I love Jonas and everything. But him and Zion just are not going to work in most lineups against most of the you know traditional teams it's- nowadays. It's the same thing as Yona or uh, as Zion and Stephen Adams, and like, that didn't Jonas work gives either. You a little bit more flexibility, but that's it. Yeah. What they should Pointless. have done two years ago was either trade for Al Horford, which they could have easily done, or obviously trade it for Miles Turner, because both those guys would have fit so much better with Zion, right? And now you're just stuck in a situation where like you have the Bang Bros now, right? These guys are gonna maul people in the paint. <laughs> They're gonna get 25 <laughs> rebounds a game. But they're going to get killed on defense. They're going to have so many offensive rebounds, man. Both these guys hunt those offensive boards. My God. That's going to be great. That's hilarious. Um, Funny, you you said Willie Green. I totally forgot Willie Green was their coach. That did not occur to me whatsoever. (laughs) I think if you ask most NBA fans, they probably can't name who the coach of the Pelicans is. Yeah, I thought you were going to say, you know, let's just get weird and with, like, Willie Green coaching, and then just, that was the end of your statement. You know, but, <laughs> hey, whatever. Uh, so, I had New Orleans as a big loser, obviously. I also had, like, a couple of others, but I wanted to focus on this one. The Portland Trailblazers, uh, you know, brought in my guy, Chauncey Billups, as their head coach. You know, big win for them. I think that's that's great, you know. Despite all the all the sexual assault allegations from the past and blah blah blah, I'm not going into the man's history. But on the court, Chauncey is legit. As a basketball IQ guy, Chauncey is legit. However, they are pretty much one step away from losing Dame. Dame is, you know, continued to say that he's on board, that he's loyal to the team, that he's here right now and he's going to play for the team right now. But you can see it, man. The guy's body language, the way he's talking to the media. He's got a foot out the door. Like, he's ready. He's looking for any excuse. On top of that, 
they brought in or they re-signed Norman Powell for again like I said this about Duncan Robinson same thing five years 90 million way too much money for a guy of that caliber and what did they do to fill in the other slots they brought in Cody Zeller Ben McLemore and our favorite Tony Snell okay just let that soak in I don't know what's happening. They they let go of Carmelo. Fine. I know Josh is the biggest fan. Raj, I know you like Carmelo. I'm obviously a huge Carmelo guy. They lost Ennis Cantor. Big playoff production guy on offense. not Nothing on defense. And uh, hilariously, Zach Collins left them for the Spurs, who for some god-awful reason paid him. I didn't understand that. <laughs> but my point still stands. The Blazers are just in this weird position where they have no defense. They got worse on defense, I would think. And they're sort of in limbo. I don't know, man. Dame's going to be gone in about a year, right? Does he even finish the year in Portland? No, he doesn't finish. Yeah, probably not. And also, they traded for Larry Nance, which I did like. That was one good move they did make because... Big. He actually improved yeah. his three-point shot last year too, and he's like a he's a menace on defense. Like he, I think he was a league leader in uh, deflections last season, and he can play the four or the five, so it gives him some lineup flexibility. Um, but yeah, I just the roster construction, much like the team we just talked about in New Orleans, just doesn't work because you have Norman Powell playing the three. You basically paid him to be your starter. He's paying getting starter um, salary, obviously. And you're just too small there. And then you're playing Covington at the four, which is fine in most scenarios. But because your backcourt is so small, you just don't have the necessary size. And Nurkic is not somebody you can count on either. Play the full season. He's been injury riddled the last couple of years. Uh-huh. So this is a team that should have made a bigger splash and probably traded McCollum for something different. It's like they're too stubborn to admit that the Lillard and McCollum combination won't work, right? It's... You know, they're sort of they just made their bet and they're just sticking with it no matter what. I don't know. Raj, like, how long does Dame stay? Christmas? I, I give him, No. I think before that. I think uh, I think roughly by Christmas, maybe just before that, that's when uh, a, a trade like the, that magnitude. Because we're looking at a top five point guard. Um, having to go to another team established. And whoever wants to acquire him, I don't think it's going to be a team looking to add a playoff piece to push for the playoffs. It's going to be a team that wants to solidify their playoff run and they're going to need some time. Plus, I think Dame's not about wasting time. I think he's going to look at this Portland team and just like a few other teams uh, this offseason, like the uh, the Timberwolves, they're just basically running it back, which is a recipe for disaster. Um so I, I think he lasts I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a date December third. Yeah, I think if Dame didn't make all these comments about being the guy that stays with one team and being loyal and not ring chasing, that he would have been gone by now. He would have asked for a trade already. So I think ultimately right now what's happened this offseason is he's trying to find a way to ask for a trade without asking for a trade and being the bad guy on his way out. Yeah, I mean, even then, it's so hard to position it, right? But if Dame asked for it, he must really say, like, he's at fault. You know what I mean? Like, he has positioned himself as the loyal guy, as the guy who doesn't leave his team. It was formerly Westbrook that was like that. You know, the guy who toughed it out, got his MVP, and then left. But I don't know. With the way that Portland's done over the past couple years with their offseason moves, would would anyone really blame Dame for leaving? 
I don't think uh, you can blame him, especially with what's happened with the Trailblazers. Um, it's it, it's okay to run it back one year, but running it back three straight years and hoping that things will change while their teams get stronger. Um, it's again, it's they've tried a few different combinations, but at the core, having basically Dame and CJ is just not going to work because of really their defensive limitations. Um, plus, whoever they've had at a three or four either gives them no offense or gives them no defense. So um, I think management's had their chance. Dame's been loyal. He's given a lot of moments. And I think he's earned every right to leave. And any Portland, real Portland fan would be like, you just can't expect a player like him to stay um, regardless of uh, the team just kind of shitting the bed. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I love Portland too. What what a shame that would be to see him leave. I might have to get a Lillard jersey before he leaves. Yeah, I I just want to give a quick shout out to another team that's running it back, but uh, we probably won't talk about them ever again this entire regular season. But shout out to the Sacramento Kings, who uh, decided to just re-sign every other player, and the only player they added was Tristan Thompson. Um, and Alex Len, who I'm pretty sure played with the Kings a few years ago. So, um, shout out to them running it back circa 2018. Yeah, <laughs> she's right. Even Zoe's, yeah, even she's having a laugh. Oh, man, I like it. I like, I like the digs, Raj. You're nothing but consistent with your Kings hate. I'm all for this. But, you know. Yeah, until Vivek gives me a job. I'm, uh, I'm going to be on his back. Yo, just just email him. <laughs> Vivek at sacramentokings.com or at kings.com. Yo, yeah. Mid-September, I'm going to be in need of job. I'll, of yeah. a job, I'll just send him uh, a podcast link. <laughs> hey, I'm the residential medical expert for a podcast. Uh, can you hook me up, please? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Roster construction. There, there it is. I like that. I like that. Uh, also, do we really want to talk about the Lakers? I don't know. No? Nobody's a fan? Josh, they, they got two of your favorite players, man. Carmelo Anthony and Russell Westbrook? Wow. Yeah, their roster construction's uh, all over oh. the place. And I get it from Ooh. the perspective of them, like, trying to ensure that LeBron and AD get through the regular season so they can take a bunch of games off and Westbrook can take over and they don't have to play 35-plus minutes a game in a lot of these games. And I think it's going to work throughout the regular season, but playoff time, like the spacing is going to definitely hurt. And they're going to have to figure out what to do with Westbrook. Ultimately, they're going to have to play at Davis Center, obviously. And maybe with enough shooting around those guys, maybe it'll work. But you're forgetting. Playoff Rondo is going to come back to the Lakers. Does, no, he, yeah. He's been good in the playoffs. Does Rondo he's play over Westbrook? Oh, in the playoffs? Absolutely. I would not be surprised. Is that even a question? I would not even be surprised. That's not even a question. Rondo and Westbrook in the locker room would just... uh, I want to see those practices. If the Lakers did something like open court, like like what the the Raptors do, or open gym, sorry, and actually show their scrimmages, man, I would would pay for that sub. That would be great, great stuff to see. If they actually... for me, I'd have to see uh, the Utah Jazz practice. I want to see Hassan Whiteside trying to play some defense and Quinn Snyder just ripping out his hair. Wait, did I miss? Th- Hassan Whiteside is on the Jazz? 
Yes, sir. What the hell? I was going to bring up the Jazz you know as one they... of the winners of the offseason, actually, because I like what they did. I like that they got Rudy Gay to play the four, you know, guy you can actually play in the playoffs and, like, not get oh, hurt. Yeah. And he's actually shot the three really well the last couple of years. He's going to play, like, 25-plus minutes in the playoffs for them. That's big for a guy that's only making $7 million. And then they got Pascal. He can play as a backup five in a lot of situations. And he's a young player with limited potential, but he's a guy that's mobile and can switch on screens and mm-hmm. give you a little bit of scoring off the bench. So they've sort of diversified their bench versus just having like a bunch of white shooters. <laughs> yeah, and I think Pascal's like the younger favors, really. Um, and mobile, more versatile. And uh, you know what they decided to do? They went completely defensive big in uh, Rudy Gobert and then they went to a big that claims to play defense barely plays offense in Hassan Whiteside so we'll, we'll see how that works out in practice and how that works out on on the court yeah I'm not I'm not sure about Hassan Whiteside but I do love the Rudy Gay and Eric Pascal moves all right well you guys got anything else here anyone else that you want to shout out no Raptors love bringing in uh <laughs> You know, Goran Dragic and Precious Achua. (laughs) Goran Dragic will not be a Raptor at the beginning of this season. (laughs) Yo, okay. As Raptors fans, how did you guys feel when he said he doesn't want to be part of the Raptors organization and then pulled it back like two days later? I'm I'm pretty sure I was indifferent because I think from what I understood, it was taken out of context, like, he doesn't want to go to a rebuilding team. He's older. He wants to compete for a championship. He wants to hang out with Luca. That's basically <laughs> where he wanted to go. I understood it. I understood it. Yeah, I think there's some restriction on uh, Moses Brown's contract, which doesn't allow him to get traded again until October 1st. So the big rumor is that he's going to get traded um, with one of their guards, the Raptors, and the Raptors just trade whoever gets traded. I, I mean, uh, sorry, wave whoever gets traded um, in that deal. But Dragic will ultimately be a Maverick. Oh my god, imagine that lineup of Scotty Barnes, Precious Achua, and Moses Brown. Whoo, that defense, my god. <laughs> oh man, as a Raptors fan, you guys should be hyped for that defense. Jesus. Went from no bigs, we went from Aaron Baines and uh, Alex <laughs> Len to uh, that front court with Ken Birch as a backup, oh. and uh, I'm not complaining. Uh, I like how the Raptors have cor- um, you know, cornered the market on really long six foot nine guys who are great on defense who can't shoot. Like they even got Isak Bonga from the Wizards as well. <laughs> I mean, sure, I guess that's good. Whatever you say. Uh, you guys got anything else, or are we done here? No more love for anybody else. No, I no miss you guys. Love? Yeah, miss you too, man. <laughs> we got to get back to this every week. This is. It's been a long time not talking basketball. It's strange. Yeah, we need an offseason too, though. You know, rest no, their mind, you, reflect on our poor predictions. You've had your offseason, man. You had your time off. Now we need to do some, some work. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to call it here. I want to thank everyone for listening. Please remember to rate and subscribe. Hit us with those five-star reviews and comments on Apple Podcasts. You can expect much more consistent content now that you know the season's coming back soon. Training camp's coming back soon. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Hoops Corner Pod. And until next time, peace.